Welcome to Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national stories focusing on news, politics, and current events. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Update One. This is your host, Shannon Fisher. I am here covering the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, and I've got a past president of the National Press Club. Uh, Jonathan Salant has covered now 18 political conventions. I'm going to talk to him for a little bit about how things have changed over time throughout the 18 conventions he's covered and uh, the manner in which reporting has changed and his experiences along the way. I am standing here with Jonathan Salant, and he has had so much experience uh, covering elections, and we're at the DNC right now, and he is the perfect person to talk to to get the perspective of the changes over time in election coverage and what it's like to cover an election. Jonathan, welcome. Glad to be here. So tell me a little bit about your experience covering elections. Well, this is my 18th National Political Convention. I started in 1984 with Governor Mario Cuomo became a national star overnight with his keynote address. And those of us from New York, we had heard all, all before, and a year and a half later, nobody else outside of Albany had heard it. And all of a sudden, he was a national figure, and they wanted to run for president. That is amazing. So that was a, a really interesting way to start it off. It's kind of uh, hard to top that. Has anything ever topped that? Nothing's ever topped that. But in 2004, they picked a keynote speaker that nobody ever heard of by a state senator from Illinois. You've heard of him now. His name is Barack Obama. That brought the house down for sure, very much like it did uh, last night here. Uh, so how has how has covering changed over the years as digital has become more popular and, and things have changed in the political climate? What's different now than it was when you first started 18 conventions ago? Well, 18 conventions ago I worked for an afternoon newspaper so I could write after the convention ended and reflect on it, write one story and then get up in the morning and cover the delegation meeting and write a story for that day's paper. Now you're writing all the time. It's tweeting, it's Facebooking. I mean, I did Facebook Live in Cleveland a couple of times. I've never done before. There's you know, three or four, five, six, eight posts a day. We're feeding the beast, as it's known as. And we're still trying to do the good stuff. The enterprise stories bring a lot of quick good stuff out. Definitely, definitely. There really is a lot of competition out there to, to be the first. That's, that's increased significantly with social media. And so what is the difference that you notice between Democratic and Republican conventions? It's funny. Republicans bash the media all the time, but the facilities are always better. That's because there are fewer delegates. So there's more access on the floor. 1988, they, they had the convention in the Superdome. There's a lot of room. You don't have to worry about getting closed out. The Democrats are much more tighter. There's fewer spaces. Uh, they're harder to get around. Uh, we're in, and here we're in the tent outside, which a couple of days ago during a thunderstorm, everybody had to evacuate. Uh, Republicans had a really nice convention center and a shuttle bus for the press to get into the security into the arena. Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah, the, the floor really is crazy. There are so many people. There always are. The problem becomes is there are too many people who are, you know, I call them pot dictators. And they're, they're, very, they're running the muck in here. And they won't let you do anything. I couldn't get into the press area. They said, this is not the press area. And I said, there's a sign on the door that says press area. And they still <laughs> fought me. So like, they, they, they have this surge of power. And you know, you know, the First Amendment was supposed to be able to get onto the floor, be able to 
tell public officials, tell the public what its public officials are doing, and it's been much harder to do this time than in any other convention. That is really interesting. Yeah, I've noticed that they, they've said they're going to close the floor down this evening before uh, they kick everybody off. Well, they've closed the floor before because the arenas are small, 1988 in Atlanta, 92 and 96 in New York. I don't mind them closing the floor. That's fair. But when the floor is open, I should be able to walk and talk to somebody from the New York delegation. I covered New York for many years. Uh, I should be able to walk up into the stands and talk to a congresswoman from Nevada who I've known for 15 years. I should be able to walk into the other areas. I should be able to hang out in front of the New Jersey delegation where I'm working now and wait for people and just talk to them, and they won't let you do that anymore. Now, uh, doing the reporting that you're doing, are you doing photography as well? Do you have a photographer that's with you that's taking the pictures and then you're writing the accompanying stories? We don't do that anymore. You don't have a photographer with you writing a story. We have a photographer here who's doing a lot of galleries that will illustrate our stories online. Uh, I've done, took my own pictures and illustrate some stuff. We're taking our own video and putting it out. We're doing everything now. It is amazing. Yeah, all of the tools that we have, we have it right in our, in our jacket pocket or our, our shirt pocket. Thinking about tonight, has anything that other conventions that you've covered uh, kind of matched the historical significance? Well, 2008, Barack Obama was the first black nominated for president. 1984, Geraldine Ferraro, I'm covering New York time, Geraldine Ferraro is nominated for vice president, first woman on a national political ticket of a major political party. And she says in her speech in the New York delegation, she's talking about how she's felling, which is a Yiddish word, which I did not know. And I called my mother, called my grandmother in Miami Beach, and I said, Grandma, what does kvel mean? And she told me, and I put it in the story. <laughs> what does it mean? It means to beam with pride. Excellent. Well, that's amazing that you have been through all of these major historical moments. After the convention ends this evening, what do you do after the convention? Sleep. <laughs> but also, you know, you want to reflect on it. I'm going to probably do a story say, okay, we've seen two conventions. What is this going to mean now for the uh, for the fall election? Are these conventions forecast what each party will say in the fall? Sure, sure. And so what is the... What is the, the main takeaway as far as actually the coverage of the convention that you would advise reporters who are going to be you know, covering them in four years? Well, most people complain there's no news, but there's loads of news. Every politician in America is in one place. And you go up and you talk to almost anybody you can, and there's a story. You can talk to the Senate Majority Leader in a way you can't in Washington. You can talk to the... And I talk to... Andrew Cuomo, uh, Mario Cuomo's uh, son, I, Andrew, I've known all his life, uh, not all his life, but since he was helping his father, and I go to him and say, Governor Cuomo, because he's now governor. You know, I had a senator person, Cory Booker, a senator from New Jersey, with a breakout speech. Could he be, could it be another Mario Cuomo? He'd come in and start and says, no, because there are so many speeches and they don't have the time in the era of Twitter. You're not going to command that type of attention. You have to command 45 minutes and be the only person. And when Cory Booker spoke, Michelle Obama was on at the same time, Elizabeth Warren, so it wasn't only Cory Booker. And that was an insight you're not going to get. I'm not going to be able to go to Albany when I'm working in Washington and say, by the way, what do you think of a guy you never heard of uh, from another state you don't, you don't govern that I want to know from my newspaper, but I can walk up to him right now and ask him a perspective that I would get otherwise. Exactly. So the access, uh, the access is incredible, and also the information that you can gather. Any stories you want to share among your years that really stand out? 
Well, I said the Cuomo one was still the, my first convention. It was still great. And then there was all these other, you know, you were a regional reporter with the delegates. If they're on the moon, you're on the moon. And sometimes it takes a long time. Uh, in 84, and this is so sad about 84, we're in Dallas. We're an hour from the convention center. We're out there, and the bus is sinking into the paper. That's how hot it is. And we're all, you know, we're all from New York, and it doesn't get that hot there. And somebody says, yeah, but there's no humidity here. And a state senator from Schenectady, which is near Albany, first convention he's missed since then, says, there's no humidity in an oven either. I'm still quoting it. It is so true. It is so true. Well, I think that's the perfect place to end it because it is like an oven in here. So thank you so, so much. Anytime. You have been listening to Update One, a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Committee. You can comment on this show or any episode of Update One by going to facebook.com slash pressclubdc or on Twitter at pressclubdc. Thanks for listening to Update One.